How y'all feeling this evening? Amen. Uh, oh, you have to fast. When I tell you, and when you do fast, you see how much your flesh is running you. We recording? Okay, just making sure. Um, the the beautiful thing about this, as we get into our teaching, we're going to jump right into it. Um, we're having some problems with the, well, we're not having problems. The Microsoft server is having issues getting up, so it's kind of hard to get the, uh, the PowerPoint going. Uh, but it's not on our end. It's actually on Microsoft end. Um, we're still on along, we're still teaching along the lines of training days, training days, okay? I want you guys to continually train. The moment you find out who you are, the moment you find out what you're supposed to be doing, you are supposed to go into training mode, Okay? It's not enough for you to say you know God. That's why I am a I am a huge fan of understanding God as a father. All right? Because the instructions sound different. We can say God said a lot of stuff, but when you say my father said this, okay, it aligns you into a certain place and then it makes you look at yourself and say, "Am I mature enough for this?" All right? The good thing about this ministry is it is training grounds. This is a training ministry. We know you don't know how to pray. Uh-oh. I'm just playing. I didn't mean that. Yes, I did. Okay. We know you don't know how to pray. Proof. I give you this mic. Can you teach everybody how to pray? There's, there are instructions in the scriptures on how to pray. If you can't explain it, you don't know it. Anybody messing with you today, Ola? If you don't know how, if you can't go into the scripture and explain something, you don't know how to do it. You only know how to do what you can explain. You may be gifted, but even being gifted, you can do it wrong. Even in being talented, you can still do it wrong. It is a lot of talented athletes. There's a lot of talent. I've seen a lot of talented basketball players, athletic as ever, don't know how to shoot. Shaq, one of the greatest players in the, in the, in the history of the NBA, am I right? Free throws. Come on now, hold on. <laughs> I hope you don't hear this. Yes, I do. I'm just saying, it's what you are not training at that you are weak at, period. If you're not praying, it's because, one, you don't know how to pray. Once you learn how to pray, then you practice praying. All right? Now, like I said, we're still along the lines of training days. The title of our teaching today is going to be Children in Training. Children in training. Now, our scripture is going to come from a familiar scripture. We all say it. Most of us say it wrong. All right. Most of us say the scripture. <laughs> she okay? 
They're about to have a contest in a second. <laughs> Most of us say the scripture wrong. Okay, now our entire teaching for today will come from the book of Proverbs. Now, the book, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It is the book of wisdom. All right. Every scripture in Proverbs was, was written by Solomon, who was the wisest man on the planet at the time. All right. Wisdom is not something you just get. All right. No one's just wise. All right. The father can give you wisdom. Somebody who has wisdom can give you wisdom. But for you to be wise, you have to walk through a certain process. You have to go through a certain process. All right. Our scripture for today reads. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, we've talked about training days, training days. All right. When we talk about training, now training is going to be different from training up. All right. When you're talking about training up a child, it is different from for, uh, training for an athletic event or even a soldier. There are some similarities, but it's different. All right. When you're talking about training, you're talking about the entire, the whole education. Now, we can relate that to this. You're talking about the caring of your body. You're talking about the curbing of your appetite. You're talking about, watch this, giving someone permission to direct you. But when we're talking about training up, we're talking about these three things. One, to discipline. Two, to dedicate. Three, to narrow. All right. I'm going to read that again. One, discipline. Training up means to discipline. It also means to dedicate. It also means to narrow a thing. So we're talking about discipline is the practice of training. When you discipline yourself, you practice training something. You meet every day to get something done. If you are going to discipline yourself to be a, to, in prayer, that means no matter what goes on in your life, you're going to stop at this moment. You're going to get up every moment and you're going to pray. Forget how you feel. It's a discipline. When you discipline yourself, it don't matter how you feel. You tired? You don't feel like it? You groggy? Somebody made you mad? You upset? It don't, it doesn't matter. It's a discipline. A soldier has to be disciplined. A soldier has to dedicate themselves. They have to be devoted. Once you enlist in the military, you can't enlist in the military and then go home when you get ready. No, once you have done this, you are saying, I have dedicated myself. I have devoted myself to the mission of the army. Even an athlete. An athlete has to be dedicated. An athlete has to be disciplined. You can tell the difference between the athletes who are not disciplined, who are not dedicated, (laughs) 
and the ones who are. You know how you can tell when it's time to do Hall of Fame? <laughs> you didn't make the ballot. It wasn't because your talent. You was in the same league as everybody else. It was your dedication. It's people in the NBA who are in the Hall of Fame just because they can shoot a three-pointer. Not good at dribbling. They're not good at defense. But they, they, they somehow made it amongst the elite by training themselves in just one area. In just one area. You don't have to be good at everything. When it comes to a soldier and when it comes to an athlete, they have to have focus. That's what it means to narrow. What is your focus? You can't be here, there, and there. You have to have a focus. Where are we going? You're here today, so because you're here today, you should be focusing. You should be focusing. You have to have a focus. A soldier has to have a focus. An athlete has to have a focus. A hard-working farmer has to have a focus. They can't start planting seeds and then get ADHD and just start walking. <laughs> you have to have a focus. Now, we're not talking about the soldier today, the athlete today. We'll mention them. We're not talking about the hardworking farmer. We're talking about training up a child. A child. Now, we typically use this in the natural to talk about our children. If you're a parent, we train up our children. If you train up your child in a way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart. If you have them boys right here every Sunday... When they get older, they'll be there every Sunday. <laughs> That's how I'm here. I was trained up a certain way. My auntie made me go to church. 14, 15, no, 15, 16, 17. When I hit 18, I jetted. But you know what happened? I came right back. Soon as hard problem, soon as I hit, it didn't say we wouldn't stray. It's the depart, the depart. Once you know the way, you don't care what nobody else doing. <laughs> when I hit rock bottom, I went back to my training. I went back to how I was trained. Now, when we're talking about a child, we're talking about someone who was young in age. In our case, we're talking about spiritual maturation. All right. You're young in your mind. Spiritually, you're young in your mind. Spiritually, your flesh sometimes gets the best of you, right? So in our case, when we're talking about training up a child, I have to say this because I don't want you to think I'm talking about you allowing me to train you. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what this is about. This is about once you are at home, when you wake up in the morning, what is the first voice you hear? Is it you and you having your schedule already planned and you know what you got to do? Because this is what we do. We say, well, this is what I have to do. So I'm going to get a couple more hours of sleep. And this is what ends up happening. We end up staying in what we have to do and what we want to do. 
If you never shift your program to the father and say, father, train me. Say it with me. Father, train me. Now, if you ask him to do it, he's going to do it. There's nothing I've never, there's never been something I asked him for and he didn't give it to me. Unless, now, well, hold on. I'm not talking about monetary. I'm talking about father, teach me how to be a husband. And I've seen him. Father, teach me how to be a man. And I've seen it. Anything you ask him to teach you how to be. That's why I tell you, that's your worship. Your worship is laying before your father saying, teach me. When you say teach me, you're letting him know, I don't know how to do this. You should do this every day. You should wake up in the morning and say, Father, teach me. You ain't, y'all not too young? Father, teach me how to be a child. Father, teach me how to obey my parents. Teach me how to walk in my purpose. That's a good thing at a young age. You don't want to wait till you 40, 50, 60 to start walking in your purpose, to get a grasp, to finally make your mind up. You're going to listen. You don't want to do that. That's a wasted life. Now, the Bible says he can redeem the time. Moses didn't get his big break till he was 80. He promised everybody 120. So the latter can be better. But it would not be better if you don't want the father to train you. If you don't want any instructions, you don't want any directions. You got in your mind what you're going to do and can nobody tell you any different. That's not training. And the thing that you can't do is this. You can't train yourself to be something. You can't train yourself to be something. Now, you can do a little something after you've received instructions. You can get the instructions from a, from a sergeant and he can tell you how to go do a thing. You can get instructions from a coach and he can tell you how to do the thing. Terrell, my friend right here, what is your degree in black? You're a fifth degree black belt. I shouldn't have told some of y'all. I shouldn't let you run up on them. No, I'm just <laughs> But no, he has taught me so much about, come here, Terrell, for a second. Come here for a second. Come here for, no, come here, Sean B. Come here. <laughs> now, come here, stand right here, stand right next to me. Ain't about to be no fight. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> okay, now, but, but I want you to see something. He teaches me and trains me how to fight. He trains me on investments. It don't look right, do it. <laughs> I was thinking about this at home, so I had to do this example. This who trains me on investing, and this is who trains me on fighting. You would never look at that and think that's what it was. Okay, you, you think it would be the total opposite. But it's not, and this is what I mean by you don't know who coming in your body. You don't know who in the body knows what. Everybody in here has something to pour into you. Quentin has an MBA. Everybody in here has something. Terry has a law degree. Everybody in here has something that they can do, that they can pour into you. You guys are good. Everybody has something. But I thought that was funny. 
I did. I was sitting at home thinking, I was like, so you mean to tell me the guy who teaches me how to invest is six, seven, and the guy who teaches me how to, to fight is, I don't want to say, what, how, how tall are you? Five, five. Okay. <laughs> now, is that bad on my part? <laughs> but you know why I let him teach me? Because that's what he's been training to do. He's been training to fight since I met him. How, we, 24, we've been friends for 24 years. When I met him, A.D. was my roommate. When I met my wife, he was my roommate. <laughs> since I've known him, he's been training to fight. We had nunchucks in the house. We had star, I'm not lying. We had karate stars in the house. We had all types of things. We had uh, bowls, everything in the crib to fight with. Everything, we had all that in the house. Why? Because I was in a, I was in a, uh, I was a roommate with a fighter. Guns, everything. This brother is a, he used to make me so mad. We come home, I want to watch the game. This brother want to watch the History Channel. I'm like, brother, game is on. What you? <laughs> He, he trains a different way. Because he is a fighter, he trains his mind. You got to learn how to receive instructions. I don't want to receive instructions how to fight from a singer. Okay? I'm just telling you, you have to know who is in your midst, because everybody who is in your midst can teach you something. The Bible says a wise man takes what they know takes what someone else knows and adds it to them. <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> so now instructions comes in a form of teaching, correcting, reproofing. It comes in a form of rules, laws, regulations. Instructions can simply come in a conversation. You ever been talking to someone and they said something that was exactly what you needed to hear? Dr. Hardy, the podcast has what, 16? It is 16 messages on our podcast that trains you how to hear the Father, the different ways he speaks to you. And in those 16 messages, there's 60 different ways that the Father speaks to you. I told you, this is training ground. You're equipped if you, if you follow this instruction, listen to the podcast. Simple instruction. Listen to the podcast. When you come and you talking to me about what you're going through, did you follow the instructions? Listen to the podcast. Instructions are good because they give you directions. Or they give you orders. Now, if you don't have a direction and you don't know where you're going, it's because you have not received the instructions or you have received the instructions and you have ignored them. If you have received instructions, it's because there's a direction he wants you to go or there's some orders that he has for you. Now, instructions will tell you who you are Instructions will tell you where to go. 
Instructions will tell you when to arrive. Instructions will tell you how to arrive. As a soldier, they let you know you are a soldier 24 hours a day. You're not a soldier when you're at work. You're a soldier even when you go home. Even when you're on vacation, you are a soldier. As a soldier, they tell you where you're going. They tell you when you're going to war. They tell you when you are training. It's the same thing as an athlete. The coach tells you when practice is. You don't tell the coach. <laughs> what time is practice, coach? Seven. Why I be here at 7.30? Okay, don't worry about it. You're going to be sitting the bench. You're going to be sitting the bench while everybody else is playing. Simple instructions. You know how many athletes have made it to the top tier level and lost it all because they didn't want to receive instructions. Now, when it comes to training up a child, it is all about instructing the child in the way that they should go so that they will reach their potential and ultimately their destiny. When Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said, look, I want you to turn this bread. Okay, he, he knew he was on a fast. He knew he was training. And he said, I want you to turn this stone into bread. Jesus looked at him and said, look, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds out the mouth of God. Not, he didn't say it is written, every man should obey the Bible. That's not what he said. He said, every man shall, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that is proceeding. Okay, meaning he's still talking. That's an ongoing conversation. That's not that he said something and you need to go back and look at what he said. He said every word that is proceeding out of his mouth. Every time the father speaks to you, it's an instruction. How he's going to speak to you? Listen to the podcast. She gave you 60 different ways. <laughs> Now, I told you every scripture is going to come out of Proverbs. So if the scripture comes out of Proverbs, it's wisdom, right? All right. Let me get the next four scriptures. When we get those after these four scriptures, just go back to uh, Proverbs 22 and 6. All right. Proverbs 12 and 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearketh unto counsel is wise. Verse 14 and 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 16 and 25 says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That ain't a misprint. 14 and 12 basically say the same thing, don't it? So Sol 
Proverbs 30 and 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. So there's a way that you think is right. There's a way that I think is right. Okay? When they was praying in the house, the guy ended, uh, uh, in a congressional house, the guy ended a prayer, and he said, in the name of the monotheistic God, which all faith reside under. Then he said, he, he said, a man and a woman. Look, he said the monotheistic God that every faith resides under, which means if every faith resides under one God, there is no standard. If every faith resides under one God, there is no standard. Every God has what they say is love. Every God has what they say is peace. Every God has what their idea of sexual immorality is. We say it's one true God because we only believe it's one standard. It's not multiple standards. It's it's only one way to one God. And that's the confusion out here. Everybody has instructions and everybody say they're from God. God said, cut this little part. God said, cut a baby up and sacrifice it. They have to honor it in this country. Well, they don't honor cut of the baby, but I'm just saying. They honor the God stuff. They honor it. Wiccans. They honor every single God. Every God is honored under this constitution. Watch this. What's the separation? Church and state, right? We the only one got a separation from it. We the only one have a doctrine in which we actually have a standard. We can't fall into that thought process that everybody is equal with us. It's not possible. Because then what we do, we feel like we shouldn't say nothing about nothing. That's where it comes up, y'all judging. No, we're not. Our father said, do it this way. If you don't do it that way, you're wrong. But you don't get that in society. You know why you don't get that in society? Because we don't tell ourselves we're wrong. The first thing somebody say, don't judge me. Really? So, so what you're saying is, anytime I tell you you're wrong about something, I'm judging you. Right? Well, then I'm never going to tell you when you're right. Because that would be judging you. Would that not be judging you? If I tell you when you're right, if I tell you when you're wrong and you say I'm judging you, then am I not judging you when I tell you you're right? If I tell you you're a good parent, am I judging you? So how am I judging you if I tell you you're a bad parent? 
It's not about being judged. You don't want instructions. You don't want someone to tell you anything. So you use that only God can judge me. You don't want him to judge you. That's not who you want to judge you. He said that the Christians would judge the world. He said we would even judge angels. The judgment shouldn't come out of our mouth. It's our life. But these four scriptures tell us that there is a way that we think is right. The commonality is this. We all have to come together as one and find out what is right. This destroys households. This destroys communities. This destroys neighborhoods. It destroys marriages. It destroys families. I love coming together with unity, especially with the brothers. But if we're going to kick it, you're not going to be around me cheating on your wife. We don't welcome you to our club. I'm just being honest with you. You're not going to be around me and intentionally be a bad parent. You're not going to be around us and be a bit around this community and be faithful to your spouse. And we know unfaithful to your spouse. And we know. No. When you build a community, you build a community under one standard. One standard. That's why, nope, nope. Look at Proverbs 30 and 12. It says, there is a generation. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. There is a generation that says, sexually we do what we want to do. There is a generation that puts out music that is pure filth. There is a generation who would not hear God, period. That's why we are a divine generation. It's a different, the Bible says we are his chosen generation. If we are his chosen generation, we should be a divine generation. They should see a difference. In how we do things. But the only way you see a difference is by how you receive and who you receive your instructions from. We are not the church. That's a lie. You are not. The the people are not the church. That's a lie. And this is what people tell themselves. Why? Because there's a way that seems right in a man's eyes. We the church. So I could just stay home. We don't have to go to the building because we are the church. You, how many of y'all heard that? So we can just stay home because we are the church. Now, that's not in the Bible. Where did they get the instructions from? All right, let's keep it moving. Now, because we really want to, I want to break this scripture down. It says, train up a child. Then it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Now, in the way that he should go. In the way that he should go in the Hebrew is one word. It's one word. It's not 
in the English language, in the way he should go are all separate terms. But in the Hebrew, in the way he should go is one word. When I looked up this word, Q, this word, the definition of in the way he should go was mouth. That was the definition. It was mouth. So he says, train up a child in the way that he should go. So what is he telling you? Train up a child by teaching them how to control their mouth. The first thing I thought about this when I seen mouth on here, the spirit took me back to soul algorithm. Whatever you put in your mouth goes to your stomach and it comes out as waste. Which we parallel that with soul activity. Whatever you put in your soul, I mean your mind, goes into your soul and it comes out your heart. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. So when he's telling, when he's telling us to train up a child in the way that they should go, he's telling us to train up a child in the area of the soul. Teach them what to put into their mind. Teach them how to control their appetite. That's why we have to, that's why we have to fast. We have to fast because there's a side of you that thinks they're right. And then there's a side of you that wants to follow the father. There's a a side of you that does not want to stop eating. There's a side of you that wants to argue. There's a side of you that wants to fight, that wants to debate. It's a a side of you that says, you're not going to tell me what to do. (laughs) And then there's a side of you that wants to know what the father wants me to do. There's a side of you that wants to know. And the issue you have is that the flesh wins that battle most of the time. Some of the time. How about that? Not most, some of the time, right? Okay, we getting better. When we first got here, it was like that. All right? (laughs) But this is all about Speech. What we should say, what we shouldn't say. Not just what we should say, what we shouldn't say. How should we say it? Train up a child in the way that they should go. And a lot of times it's instructions. Most of the time it's correction. Most of the time you say it the wrong way. Somebody comes behind you and say, don't say it like that. If you are a child, this is what you do. You walk away under your breath. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do when I want. Who think they talking to? You know, like that, that. You know what I'm saying? They. And you know what happens when you do that? You reject instructions. Watch this. And we have to tell you again. I tell my children this: If you want me to shut up, just do what I say. If you want your, if you want the father to open that door, just do what he say. Just do what he's telling you. We, I'm not telling you to practice righteousness so you can go home and not practice righteousness. Because you're going to either practice righteousness or you're going to practice unrighteousness. It's an instruction. 
that if you follow the instruction, you can have. If you don't follow an instruction, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God first. 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 Now, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. I I need you to hear the instruction. Seek ye second. So it don't work if you do a second. It can't be your backup plan. (laughs) Seek ye first. If you do it, if it becomes your backup plan, it doesn't work. And so if all things are not added unto you, just go back to the instructions. Go back to the instructions. Now, instructions are there to give you the right knowledge. Instructions are there to give you the right knowledge. All right. You go to fix a bike. I mean, you go, you get a brand new bike. Toss the instructions. (laughs) What happens next is the wheels are where the handlebars should be. Okay. You're wondering, why this don't look like, hold on, why that don't look like, wait, what did I do wrong? You didn't read the instructions. That's the only thing you did. It's not about you didn't put it the right place. You ignored the instructions. And so you put it all together. You went to ride and it broke down. And you said the bike was trash. I wanted you to see how you protect your ignorance. It ain't working because you didn't do the instructions right. And you say something wrong with that. You come here, we give you instructions. You don't see the manifestation because you don't follow the instructions and something wrong with divine generation. Well, I'll see you later (laughs) and I'll continue to give instructions because there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death, death. You know what death is? Detachment from the spiritual realm. That's what death is. You don't have access to the father's hand. That's death. If you, if I kick my children out of my house right now and take away my access, what are they going to do? They're going to die out there by themselves. That's why I'm not with the doctrine that the father wants to take you out. He wants to kill you. As soon as you do something wrong, he doesn't want to bless you. I'm not with that doctrine for a reason. Because if you think he treats you like that, you don't want to receive instructions. If you think you're going to pray, if you, if you think when you pray to him, he doesn't have to respond, then you can't have faith in him. So he set it up like this, that you can take instructions from him. Once he gives you the instructions, you can see that because you listen to the instructions, this is what happened. So what what you can do is you can go right back to him and say, give me more instructions. But instructions are there to give you the right knowledge. Now, knowledge is simply information. Because knowledge is simply information. 
So once you have received the instructions, you have just received information or knowledge. You don't understand the knowledge. Once you have received the instructions, the information, you need to go back and study because you need to comprehend the instructions. You need to you need to comprehend the knowledge that was just given to you. It's not good enough for for me, for a coach to tell an athlete, go work out. How you want me to work out? What do you want me to do? Because every athlete has to work out different, depending on what you do. Quarterbacks don't need to be bulky (laughs) because they have to throw the ball. They have a certain strength about themselves. You ever seen a, 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 a big, stocky quarterback? You won't see it. Because their arms are very delicate. They don't put a lot on their shoulders, a lot of stress because of their profession. You don't see running back with skinny legs. <laughs> it's a reason why they need their legs. So it's not enough to tell somebody to go work out. You have to tell them what to go work out on. Because this is how it works. You get knowledge. Knowledge is simply information. Until you understand that information is no good to you. Until you can comprehend that information, the information is no good to you. If we're talking about being, if I tell you, you need to know what it means to be a husband. Okay. Me telling you that and you saying, I need to know what it means to be a husband. Does you no good? (laughs) It does you no good to say, I need to be a better wife. It does you no good to say, I need to be a better friend. What does that look like? You need understanding behind that. And then once you get that understanding, you need to continually practice that understanding until it becomes wisdom. Until it becomes wisdom. But this is what happens. We get instructions and we run. We don't have understanding. It happens in the church all the time. Soon as somebody find out, God called them to preach. Okay, first go learn how to study. (laughs) Then learn how to put a message together. Then learn how to pray. Then learn how to remove the jealousy from your heart when you see other people preaching. Learn how to remove the curtailing from yourself when somebody else is preaching and you're always correcting. It is a lot of things you need to learn before you just grab a mic. Matter of fact, watch this. Learn how to love the people you're going to preach to. You shouldn't preach to nobody that you don't love. You shouldn't even talk to them. You're going to say the wrong thing. That's why I believe if you're going to grab the mic and you're going to be a part of ministry, you better take them home with you. Let me say that again. If you're going to do ministry from here, you better take them home with you in your prayer life. That's an instruction. Because if all you want somebody to know is how good your teaching is, you're ineffective. Most pastors don't take their congregation home. You can't even reach them after church. If you're going to minister people, you better have that burden because that's the only way the message is going to work. <laughs> oh. 
So we give instructions. The moment I taught you on sonship, how many of y'all know y'all did not move to the we are stage? I don't know. Some people thought that the moment I taught sonship, they went from a Nepios to a Pateon to a Technon to a Nanisco right to a we are because I taught it to you. No, that's information. If you go back and listen to it now, go back and listen to it again and, and look at your behavior. Go back and listen. When I taught you about the orphan spirit, that was knowledge. That's all it was. You still don't understand it. Because as soon as you get mad, you go into orphan. But this is the church. They think as soon as you give them knowledge, that that's their wisdom. No. You got to take that, get some understanding from that, and Practice, apply it to becomes who you are. Because everybody wants to be anointed, but the anointing destroys yokes. So what are you anointed to do? What yoke you going to destroy? If you want to be anointed, tell me what yoke you want to destroy. When I teach, I destroy the yokes on people's minds. I know what I want to do. I'm intentional. If you want to know what God's anointed you to do, look and see what yoke gets destroyed when you do what you do. And watch this. The moment you find that out, that's your advancement. That's your advancement. Because every divine generation has a mantle. Okay? Every mantle comes with an anointing. Our mantle is to reveal the truth and intentions of God as a father. Meaning, the moment you open your mouth and start talking about that, the Holy Spirit drops on you. To help you do it. You are not anointed to do what you want to do. It is the mantle that gives you the anointing. And the, the, because the mantle comes with an assignment. It comes with an assignment. If your anointing does not have an assignment... It's not anointing. That's why I don't believe in anointed prayer. I don't believe the person up here praying is doing that and they're anointed. No, they're praying. If you are in Christ, watch this. You are anointed. You know what Christ means? The anointed one. Christ in you is the hope of glory. You are anointed, but what are you anointed to do? Which is why you need to receive instructions. Because instructions move you into your assignment. Your assignment moves you into your purpose. Your purpose moves you into your destiny. Okay, you can't get an assignment because you can't receive instructions. All the assignments you get is preparing you for your purpose. Do this. Do that. Study this. Go here. Don't do that. Don't say that. Wait. All of those instructions to help you with the assignment that you're on. All the little assignments. Teach children's church. Help clean up. Prepare this way. Do that. Those are little assignments. So then when you get to the ultimate purpose, the assignments were your training to get you there. But you can't get the assignment. If you're not taking the assignments or, or you don't have an assignment, it's because you don't want to receive instructions. You don't want to receive instructions. I told you all the time, before I ever touched this, I was cleaning toilets. I was cleaning toilets, no problem at all. 
When David got ready to fight Goliath, his proof that he was about to defeat him was the fact that he was trained in destroying bears and lions. That was his proof. I was watching over sheep, and when a bear came, I did this. I was watching over sheep, and when a lion came, I did this. So when Goliath step up, I'm just going to do what I've been doing. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I've been doing. When I come in here at 11 o'clock, I'm here at 11 o'clock. The first thing I start doing is setting up. I'm not waiting on where they at. Where they going to get here and set up for me? No, I'm trained. I've been doing this. Every ministry I was in, I set up. I told you I beat the pastor there. Every ministry I did, I ran the sound. I did everything in the, in the church but sing in the choir. And there's a reason why. What's, hold on, wait, wait. What's that all about? What about, I got a, uh, I got, okay, I got the low end at least. I've done everything in the church, but because that's my calling. Did it insult it? You know what the scripture in the Bible says that when someone is over you, that they don't have to speak to you in a kind manner all the time? Speaking to you in a harsh manner is training. It's called forward, F-R-O-W-R-A-R-D. You don't have to be told to do something nicely. Chris, could you please? No, get your butt here. You're supposed to be in a certain place. Somebody have to tell you nicely. You don't tell soldiers nicely. Could you please do calisthenics? Could you please go to the gun range? No. Soldier, you should be. I played college ball. Okay. I played basketball from sixth grade all the way to college. I played with some wonderful athletes. Okay, great athletes. But when it came time to recruit, the coach had to tell him he uncoachable. <laughs> he can cross you over, he can hit a three, he can drop a dime, he can do a no-look pass, but he can't be coached. Talented? but no discipline. Talented, gifted, but you can't be coached. So you know what happened? Your gift would never see anybody. Your gift would never see influence. Your talent would never see affluence. It's athletes out there right now that are better than the athletes in the NFL, in the NBA, playing major league sports. The difference is discipline. The difference is devotion. The difference is focus. I came up with a lot of people in ministry who were supposed to have their own ministry. Why don't they have their own ministry? Couldn't take instructions. Ain't no perfect man. Ain't no perfect woman in this. All right, come on, y'all. Proverbs 4, 
chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Now, this book is written by Solomon. So he's unveiling his wisdom and he's unveiling a lot of his relationships. When he tells, when Solomon says, if you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart. He's saying that out of wisdom. He's saying, my father raised me a certain way. And when I got to a certain place, I was this. I was this. He's not writing this as a boy. He's writing this as a grown man. Okay. Now, funny fact. I need to know this. Okay. How did Solomon have 700 wives? Hold on. I ain't got to the punchline. How did Solomon have 700 wives and 300 concubines? Contemporary language side chicks. He had 700 wives and 300 side chicks. Now, he was not a child of God. He was David's son. He was not God's child. Okay? God was not regulating the Old Testament because they weren't his children. He couldn't. Now, this is the line. How did he have 700 wives, (laughs) 300 concubines, and three children. I almost lost it when I seen that. Wait, wait, hold on. Did his brother get a vasectomy? <laughs> 700 wives. 300 concubines and three children. Okay. Proverbs 4, chapter 1. Listen. Listen. What's that first word say? Listen. Now, listening is different from hearing. Listening prepares you on how to hear. All right? Listening just means that you're audibly giving your attention to something. After you have audibly given your attention to something for uh, 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 a certain amount of time, now you hear a certain way. So we have to learn how to listen to the father, how to listen to the father so that we can say we hear the father. We have been listening to our flesh and saying we heard from God. Whatever. You ain't got to admit it. You ain't got to say I. (laughs) We have been listening to our flesh and saying we hear from God. He said, listen, sons, to a father's discipline. Children, listen, children of God, to your father's discipline, not to his blessings. Listen, meaning give attention, want to hear it. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may gain what? Understanding. So I need you to listen. I'm going to give you instructions. And the more you learn how to hear me, you're going to gain understanding. The moment you reject instructions, you lose understanding. You ever seen an old fool 
Okay. <laughs> For I am giving you good instructions. This is the wisest man in the Bible talking. Okay, let me read it again. Y'all seem like y'all don't like that. Listen, sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may gain understanding for I am giving you good instructions. Don't abandon my teaching because that's how instructions come. Through teaching. When When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me. If he taught him, that means he made himself available to learn. Jesus said, learn of me. Whoa, learn of me. Learn of me because I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. Well, why is he meek? Why is he lowly of heart? And why is he telling us to learn from him? Because he only do what his father tell him to do. Instructions. Jesus told us through his whole ministry, the best thing you can do for yourself is receive his, the father's instructions. That's the best thing you can do for your life is receive his instructions. He taught me and said, your heart must hold on to my words. Next. He said he taught me when I say something out my mouth, your heart should hold it. Okay. Hold it like a grudge. Hold it like unforgiveness, like bitterness, like resentment. You know how to hold. (laughs) You know how to hold. Hold it like shame and guilt. Pride. You know how to hold stuff. You know how not to let it go. (laughs) You're supposed to fortify your mind with the father's instructions, not with your opinion. Hold. Hold. Like it's a snake. Like it's a pit of snakes. Hold on to his word. Like if I let this word go, I'm going to fall. Okay. Y'all got that? All right. Get wisdom. Okay. In order for you to get wisdom, you got to receive instructions. Take the instructions, which is information. Study it. Study to show yourself approved. Study to be quiet. Take the information. Get an understanding of the information. Practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Practice it. Apply it. Then you become wise. Then you can give away wisdom. Okay. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. So if you're not going to forget it, that means you better write it down. It better be somewhere. You need to keep a journal of what the father's telling you. So when you get off, you can return to instructions. What did he tell you to do? What did he tell you was for you? What did he tell you wasn't for you? What did he tell you to go? What did he tell you not to go? What did he tell you not to do? What did he tell you belongs to you? Don't forget it. Okay. Or turn away from the words from my mouth. 
Don't abandon wisdom. No matter how your flesh feel. Don't abandon wisdom. How does that look? Okay, I'm glad y'all asked. As a child, when your parents tell you to do something and your friends are doing something different, don't abandon wisdom. When the father tells you to do something and you see religious folks, I'm sorry, shouldn't have said that. Don't abandon wisdom. I tell my kids all the time, do not let children raise you. How can you abandon what I say and listen to them? Now, this is the thing about it. When you abandon the father and what he has to say, do you know you abandon the person who does everything for you? Now, you wonder that because you be mad when your, ch- your child do it to you. I'm sorry. Give you about a two-second break on that one. I'm going to let you digest it. Because if you can't hear the Father, they're not going to hear you. <laughs> okay. Don't abandon wisdom. And she will watch over you. Love her. And she will guard you. It calls it a she because she gives birth. Wisdom gives birth to everything else you want in your life. Wisdom can get pregnant. Okay. It calls it a she because it can get pregnant. It can give life to stuff. When they call it a he, it means it can plant seeds. That's why they call you see the Holy Spirit known as a he. It's not saying it's a it's a it's a man. It's saying that it's a it's masculine, and the job of it is to impart. But with wisdom, it's a she. And it says, she will guard you. That's why if you have a wife, you better listen. You better learn to listen to your wife. Women see some stuff men do not see. And God made it like that. Why do you think he said man shall not? <laughs> said we should not be alone. The father said, The strong, masculine, brilliant, anointed man should not be alone. (laughs) Because it's something about a woman. Based on her knowing how to give life, it's just some instincts that they have that we don't have. It meant many times she told me, I didn't listen, paid the price. She told me, I heard her, I ignored her, because I thought the revelation, (laughs) I thought my study time, trumped what she had to say. But no, when God put that woman next to you, it's because he, he gifts her with a wisdom to speak things, to say things, to see things that you will not see. A woman's intuition is real. Okay. Verse seven. Wisdom is supreme. Supreme. Wisdom is supreme. So 
What does that mean? It's not enough to have the instructions, right? Right? It's not enough to have understanding, right? Because wisdom is supreme. The Bible, this is the only thing in the scriptures the Bible says, if you ask this, he would never withhold it from you. He didn't say that about money. <laughs> he didn't say it about power. He said it about wisdom. He didn't say that about authority. When it came to wisdom, he said, when it, if you ask me for this, I will give this to you. And I will withhold none of it from you because wisdom gets you everything else. It gets you everything else. But the moment you ask for wisdom, you know what's going to happen? He's going to send some instructions. The moment you ask for wisdom, he's going to send instructions. And you know what? The instructions, the instructions might come from somebody you don't like. The instructions might come from somebody you're not fond of. The instructions might come from somebody with a different political affiliation than you. Hmm. It might come from somebody with a different skin color. Barriers. There's barriers to you receiving instructions is that what? You don't know how to listen. And you think you should only listen to certain people. Do you know that anybody can sincerely lead you the wrong way? You don't know who coming with the instructions. I never thought in my wildest dreams that two of my best friends would be sitting in the congregation of a church I'm pastor. And both of them older than me. Humility, willing to take instructions. We ain't, but we ain't jockeying for a position. He do what he do, he do what he do, and they, and they can, and I do what I do, and we can support one another. You don't know where the instructions are going to come from. It don't matter if they're younger than you. It might come from your child. You don't know. So wisdom is supreme. So get wisdom. That's an instruction. That's an instruction. Get wisdom. So Mean, be ready to receive some instructions. Be ready to receive some knowledge, some information, a direction. Be ready to be challenged, correct, taught. Be willing to train, practice, and apply it. Be willing to look within yourself and say, I'm wrong. Be willing to look at yourself and say, I don't know. So get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. So he said, get wisdom and whatever else you get, make sure you get understanding. Never sit at a place of just having knowledge. I know they told us knowledge was power. Knowledge is not power. Wisdom is power. Knowledge is only power on the world side. Now, let's go back to Proverbs 22 and 6. 
It says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when he is old, when he is old, okay, the training up as a child is to prepare you for when you're old. It's to prepare you for when your mind is more mature. We train children at a certain age so that when they get to a certain place, this is what they will be. We call it raising, but it's literally training. Okay. When he is old means this, that you have existed and lived for a specific time. So the training is for you. So when you grow up, all right. So when you have taken the journey from child to maturity, from a child to maturity, it should be glorious. It should be glorious as a child of God. That's why they would compare his glory to wine. When a father trains you up in a certain way, you should age to perfection. You're supposed to get better as time goes. Your life is supposed to be wine. That's why Jesus said you're going to need new wine skins for new wine. If I'm going to pour this wisdom into you, you're going to need some new wine skins because this is good, fresh wine. This ain't Old Testament wine. You're going to need a new mind. This ain't Old Testament stuff. This ain't that religious stuff you used to. You need a new mind to deal with the Father. This is totally different from you worshiping Jesus. This is different from your, 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 hand, clap, your hand clapping your praise. Old man, the father is totally different. Jesus knew that. He said, you're going to need new wine skins. Because I'm about to pour some, some 180 proof in you. And when I pour this in you, it's going to expand. It's going to expand. And when it expands, if you still got that raggedy mind, it's going to seep out. You know when it's going to seep out? When it's time to receive an instruction and it goes against one of your principles. That's why I'm not a big fan of just going to any ministry teaching. Because it's wine. The wine is it's the wine. I was in Florida at a church and he wanted me to preach. I'm like, I can, t- I can tell you something, but it's not going to do you any good. You have to change your whole mind to get this. You want me to give you this little crumb? No. You want a grape? No. You got you to gotta break up the foundation and repave it. I can't do that. I can come there and I can say something, I can leave, but it will do people no good until you break up the foundation. It will do them no good. We tell people that all the time when we do marital sessions. You got to start from the bottom now and you got to build up. You got to, you have to. So he said, when you are old, so your life should be like wine. Now, you know how you are with your child. You have children. And when your children are babies, then they're going from babies to children. Then they go into the teenage years. You see them growing up, right? So he letting you know that this process is going to happen. And, and in this, we're not just talking about aging in one, you know, in your age, we're talking about developing your mind. Okay. So even with your children, you have a child and then when they hit about five, you send them to school. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
and you happy. Oh, my baby going to school. Y'all know how y'all. Then they in sports. And then you go into the games. Then hobbies. Now, all of a sudden, your child is a teenager and they're in the workforce. Right? Okay. Then they go into relationships. They get married. They're still your child. They have kids. They have friends. They have siblings. They have business partners. Right? I'm going somewhere with this. Then they have who they are professionally. Now, having gained certain life experiences, this scripture right here is saying that, look, once you once I have raised you and got you to a certain place. I don't want my instructions to leave. So. However, I raised you at home is what you should be doing in school. However, I raised you in my house as a man to treat a wife is what you should be doing when you get married. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. So then when he is old, he will not depart. We do marriage counseling. We do counseling, period. And the number one thing, first thing we asked people was, how was you raised? It's the first thing we ask people. How was, how were you raised? Because if you look at back, if you look back and you look at how you were raised, that's your problem. That's why we tell everybody, you have the orphan spirit. Everybody has it. And the reason why, because you wasn't raised in God's household. You wasn't raised in a father's household. So you are doing life wrong until he gives you the instructions. You're doing life wrong if you're not doing it his way. Now, you notice I didn't say you're doing life wrong if you're not doing it my way. Didn't say that. I need you to have a personal relationship with your heavenly father. I need you to move your mind, your heart, your soul into his household. So you can receive some instructions because until you receive them instructions, you're not going nowhere. So we don't have to worry about it departing because it hasn't been put there. But he's te- he's raising us to have greatness in us. He's raising us to do great things. How many of y'all know if you a child of God, you do not have a mediocre future. Amen. It's impossible to have an all-consuming father that is king eternal, knows everything, has all power, and then you have a mediocre future. It's impossible. Your future is great as your imagination is. Your future, your the, the image he's given you. I, I had this image when I was 16, standing doing just what I'm doing. I had visions of this. I had prophecies of this. If you didn't have a prophecy of this, this wasn't your call. If you didn't have visions, if you can't see yourself doing, I don't see myself standing on here singing like Shanika. I don't. I've never had that vision. I've never had the vision of doing what Chris, sitting there playing that piano. I would love to do it. It would take a tremendous amount of practice and I would have to be able to endure the criticism <laughs> of people telling me that ain't your call, bro. <laughs> I know what I'm called to do. So train. Amen. Okay. I'm about to close in a second. So he did all of this training up for us so that we all this training us up is so that when we are old, we won't depart. Now, how many of you 
can say that you've departed. We have moments, don't we? Say we don't have moments, we depart. Come on, y'all talk to me. The, the, the audience need to know. The people on the podcast need to know y'all got problems too. Okay, they need to know. Like you've departed. I know I've departed. Probably some last week. It's not hard. We were not raised in his household. You are not supposed to know. You are supposed to learn. Then know. That's why I tell you, I teach you and I don't preach to you because preaching to you is me expecting you to know this already. Like, why aren't you doing this? You should be doing this. No, I'm not coming to you like that. I'm coming to you telling you this is training. Prepare your mind to want to be the right type of person because he has somewhere he wants you to go. But at the same time, you need to arrive as the right type of person. Okay, there's no need for you to to have all the gifts, talents, and abilities, but your character is trash. And it ain't the stuff you do in public. It's the stuff that's private. It's what you're saying about people inside of you. Humility is always a test of what you're telling, what you're saying inside of you about people. It's never the test of what you're saying to people. That's why Jesus said, "Be be careful when people always speak good of you. Because when people speak good of you, that doesn't mean that they think good of you. And they'll be speaking good of you just to get close to you and get what you got. And if you're not spiritually in tune, you won't discern it. You won't discern it. Why? Because you didn't receive the instructions of pray. (laughs) So you don't have a life in which you're connected with the father. So anybody can run up in your business. Anybody can trick you. Anybody can. Because you're not attached to the source. That's why the first thing says a fool thinks that they're raised right. We, the Bible says this. We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not. That's why I tell you, Satan is a chump. 100%. Okay. He's bluffing you. He jumping at you and you flinching. Why? Because you don't know who you are. He don't want no smoke. He just don't want you to develop. That's it. That's his goal. When it says the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy on the other side of that, Jesus said, but I came that you may have life. So the devil is not talking about killing you physically. He wants to take your life, your abundant life, because your abundant life, he knows the more you have, the more people attach themselves to you. I don't believe in this Christianity where we broke and tell people come to church. I don't mean I don't believe in the Christianity of me saying God is my father. I have nothing. Then I invite people into that. Why you want to invite me into something and you got nothing? You telling me I need to take your God? What are you doing for you? It ain't working for you. Why you invite me into it? That's why these young men would rather get an invitation from a drug dealer. At least they see something. They see some authority. They see at least somebody's scared of them. <laughs> They see somebody making some, at least, now don't go there. 
Because you, you will lose your destiny, your life, your freedom, all of that. That's what Satan don't tell you. But that's why this generation is so attracted to them people. Because they see some sort of power. All you got is a hand clap. All you got is a hallelujah. That's all. That's all you got is a good old shot. No authority in your life. You can't, you can't manage your appetite. You can't manage your appetite because you're not training to manage it. You're not training to manage it. You don't want to manage it. It's your friend. Your belly is your friend. Your appetite is your homie. You got other stuff to do. So you're not going to pray. You're not going to fast. You're not going to read the word because you got stuff you got to do. Oh, really? And she, my wife tell you, I can't, mm -mm, you got to do what? What do you mean you got to do? You got to practice righteousness. Everything else, I don't care. That's what you got to do. Everything else, I told, I told about it. Your business can fall apart. You better practice righteousness. I pull it. I shut it down. I can care less about your business. I care if you practice righteousness. Am I, did I tell you that? 100%. I can care less about making money. I know spiritual things get money. I know if, if she shut her business down and practice righteousness, it's only going to build it better. Amen. Period. So I told her, I don't care about your business. Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you reading the word? Because if this business is trumping that, then we got to get rid of the business. I know you're not going to say that because your money is more important to you than anything. And that's why you'll stay at a certain level. Because you can't be trusted. If you can't, watch this. Can I say something? I've been saying a lot, right? <laughs> I appreciate y'all. If he can't give you an instruction, he can't trust you. If he can't give you an instruction, then you can't be trusted. The way that you know that you have grown is the father gives you responsibility. Soon as he gives you responsibility, you know he's entrusted you with something. Mm. All right, we done. We done. I got some more stuff, but I think y'all got it. Amen. All right, let's pray.